You are now tuned in to the Windy City Benders Podcast. This is WCBP. All right, it's another edition of the WCB Podcast, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. It's Jeremy Tanner. What's up, bud? Nothing much, bud. What's going on? Not much. Uh, it's been. A, it feels like it's been much longer since we recorded because I feel like there's just so much in the world of hockey right now, whether it's good or bad. Oh, in the world in general. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. As a, and it's crazy how the, the world problems are like being absorbed into hockey. Yep. And it's uh it's very weird times. And it's I feel like everybody's kind of riding like a thin line of like what's morally right versus what's really right. And it's just it's being for some interesting situations. Um we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, first, let's uh, let's get our usual Hawks talk in. Uh, yeah, quite a bit to talk about. I don't know if uh, you really heard anything about this, but uh, the Blackhawks had an open position for GM, and uh, after what? doing yeah, so after doing a lot of interviews, they uh, they decided they found their guy, and uh, all of that for. Kyle Davison, <laughs> the guy they had all along the entire time. But yeah, so the Blackhawks named Kyle Davison the 10th GM in uh, franchise history. Almost an NHL history um, in franchise history. He uh, takes I mean, over. That's the same. What? Franchise N- history and NHL history. It's the, he's the 10th Blackhawks GM. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, it is. The, it's the same. It's the same history. It's not the correct way to say it, but it's fair. Okay, yeah, that's true. I'll, I'll it's, it. it sounds weird. Yeah, I just think it's crazy that there's only he's the tenth. There's only there's been ten. Yeah. So in almost a hundred years, they've only had yeah. GMs. That's... Yeah. So like average, like tenure for GMs at this point is like just under ten years. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. But before we kind of like talk about what was said in his introduction and kind of like what's come out since he's been named, let's get your first initial reaction. What was your mindset when you hear Kyle Davis and got the official job? What's any concerns, anything you're looking forward to? What, like what's in the mind of Tanner about this situation? Um, I think I'm just like, I'm cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think mainly after like talking about it for a couple of weeks, I was really into what, what, I can't remember the guy's name now, but the guy from Carolina, Tulsi, um, just because of what I, Carolina's been doing. But like that doesn't really translate into immediate success or like what's going to happen. I think it's good to see Davidson actually get the job because he has been around the Blackhawks organization for a good amount of time. So he does know everybody in the organization. He already been, has yeah. like respect. He's been He's, with the, the team since uh, 2013. Um, yeah. He, I'm sure he knows the players very well already. So he he has probably a general idea of like which direction he wants to take this team in. Like he's probably had that idea for the past few years. Yeah. So as now that he gets to have like full reins of the team, I think that we'll really like. I mean, these next coming weeks, up uh, like re- leading up to the trade deadline, we'll we'll see what he's up to. Hopefully, it's no longer. Uh, bringing back old players, trading away young defensive prospects for like overage guys that cost too much and just hanging around near the salary cap, like limit all the time. And I don't know. I I know that like he said that we are, he's, he said rebuild, which I agree. Like 
we all know that we should have been in the rebuild currently, but <clears throat> Bowman was trying to save his job by making a lot of big moves this past summer, which kind of set us back again. Um, we probably if we stuck with the plan to rebuild. We probably would be looking at coming out of it right now. Not, I mean, if they when they should have they, done if they it. went if they went and did the rebuild when they should have done it, which yeah. was a few years ago, rather than claiming to do the rebuild last year yeah. at the beginning of the shortened season. Um, we could be on the way out of it at this point. Um, but no, now we're kind of in a weird middle ground where we have extensions signed to guys that we probably don't need during a rebuild guys like Connor Murphy and Jake McCabe. Um, like those are guys that you are coming out of a rebuild with, you know, like those are like the solid defensive guys that you have in the top four, but like, if we're going to rebuild, these guys are going to be making at least 4 million for the next four years. They're 27, 26, 28 ish years old. Like McCabe also, and Murphy are both 28 years old. Yeah. Um, Murphy. Those are the, those are, that's like the perfect age for guys that you get prospects and picks for not yeah. guys that you sign to four year deals before like extend, you sign extensions for Like that's not what you do. The time frame too, he said, he said three to five years, potentially like yeah. they're not going to know exactly how long until um, it's going to be done. But he says like, it's going to be, you know, if it takes three years, four years, five years, he goes, the plan is to stick with the plan, yeah. not get away from it and do this right. So that they can have consistent winning hockey again in Chicago. The guys that you are only given extensions to are the young guys that are going to be the core, which is basically Doc to and Hagel. Um, you, if you can keep around like the you, young utility guys like Kurashev and I don't know, like Stillman, Caleb Jones, like those guys, if you can keep them on like decent contracts, those guys you sign extensions for, or you just get rid of them. But like, you shouldn't be keeping McCabe. You shouldn't be keeping Murphy. Uh, Dahan, we know is probably going to be traded at the deadline. Um, Tyler Johnson, another guy that like should be moved in like a year or two depending on if he's healthy but yeah it's good to like kind of know like he's like okay this is what we're doing all right great right. we have a direction that's perfect and he i think he mentioned that like Taze and kane aren't going anywhere which i'm completely fine with because i think that they're still like the heart and soul of the team he didn't we necessarily could- say they aren't going anywhere he kind of put it out there that they are going to have a say yeah. Um, in what's going on. Um, so, but yeah, I don't, I'm not buying the whole necessary, like, oh, they're here to say they're here, all this kind right. of stuff. Yeah. I, and I don't think, and I think he was smart with the way he said that. Like, he didn't come out and say, oh, they're not going anywhere. He said that they're going to be informed. They're going to be um, kept up to speed about what the plans are and how it is. And then, then they're going to listen to them and see what they want to do. Um, my, so I've, I'm very happy. Like I'm not so very happy. I'm happy about Kyle Davison. I kind of liked it yeah. when he got named interim because you know he's kind of like the future GM type of situation. With he looks at the analytics of hockey. He he looks at all the all the stuff that you know the old school guys don't really pay attention to, and clearly it shows what the issue is. My only concern, and it's hearing him after hearing him in the conference, his conference uh, went down a little bit is he still learned under Bowman and that, that scares me a little bit. I'm, I'm not saying like, he's going to be a Stan Bowman type of guy, but he learned from Bowman. (laughs) Like 
Right, but and that's a little. He, he I could mean, also probably be the guy that's like, I don't know why he made that move. Right, exactly. Like that's that was kind of a dumb move, or like certain certain things. I think like maybe even the Godet trade, um, the Kajula trade. Like those were good trades, but like the Nylander for Yokoharu trade, like that's bad. Like hopefully he's able to separate right. and be yeah. like, I never would have made those moves, or like those were actually like good moves and stuff. Like he's not just going to be like a clone. I hope, um, yeah, and that's why I'm like, I'm really excited to see what happens in 19 days at the trade deadline, yeah. um, and this upcoming off season to kind of see where his mindset is with it. Because you know what, you learn from Bowman, you're you're around him for as many years as you were. Like you're gonna pick up stuff, and I just, I hope what he picked up was in the terms of what not to do, mm-hmm. and not in terms of okay, well here's my safety net. This is what's standard. Yeah, no, I, that's. I hope that maybe like for some of the deals that was were being made, he might've been like pulling his hair out like yeah. behind the scenes, just like, why the fuck is this guy doing this? Um, or especially like some of the, maybe some draft picks that he, you know, <laughs> just, I don't know. We'll see. But like we had mentioned before, it's good to, good to see like there's somebody in, in the head seat now and they have a, a vision and I want to see like how they implement that. And like you said, it's going to be exciting to see what happens in these next like 19 days until we get to the trade deadline and what kind of moves are made. Like, does he, is he able to get a first round pick back? Like, that'd be great. If not, like, hopefully I know our scouts are pretty great in Europe. So hopefully we're able to pull that one kid from the KHL and maybe there's some other like hidden gems that we might be able to grab too. that. Like if we don't get a first round pick, that's not the end of the world. Not every team, does great with first round picks Edmonton Oilers and it's it really depends on if you're listening to your guys or not you know it might not hurt too to have your first draft not have a first round pick you know take the pressure off a little bit (laughs) it would take the pressure (laughs) off a bit but I think having the trade pieces that we do have like not being able to get a first round pick might be kind of shitty but I mean going into that though too we had some more information about like flurry like he's more than likely going to be staying he would like to stay and it kind of makes sense that like we mentioned before like there's no real there's no real fit for him on any team that like he would want to go to and then the teams he that would need him he doesn't want to go to right (laughs) yeah the only and then we kind of were talking about this in text last night that it's probably the only team that would make sense would be pittsburgh yeah and unless you see like jari go down with an injury I it's not going to happen. Pittsburgh making it happen just for the nostalgia effect of it. I think one of the teams I mentioned to you was Toronto. Like yeah. if they're, if they're really wanting to make it out of the first round, like a Fleury is somebody they should be probably trying to go after because even though Jack Campbell has had an amazing season, he's been pretty mediocre lately, but He's been so over overworked this year because Mrazic was injured for a part of it, I think, or he was on COVID. And Mrazic just hasn't been like a good one B kind of situation guy this year. I think he's only hovering around like sub nine hundred save percentage. Um, he has played thirty eight games. Uh, thirty seven games started. No, sorry, Jack. Uh, Jack. Campbell. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thirty eight games played. He started thirty seven of them. Uh. 20, 23, 8, and 4. <laughs> uh, 9.17 pay percentage right now. Yeah, he's still having a good a good 
Um, like his stats are still good because of the beginning of the season. The last three games, he has put up uh, of 800 save percentage, 867 save percentage, 848 save percentage, five goals against, four goals against, five goals against. Yeah. He's been getting lit up. So, I mean, and that's this is the bad time of year to, like, have that happen. Leading into the trade deadline, you don't want to be looking like you're going, like you're declining going into the end of the season because that's going to put a lot of panic into the team. But and the other problem is Kyle Dubas came out and said he does not going to move the first a first-round pick. He's not going to move some of, like, their big prospects. And it's just like, okay, Which, like. I know we're in hot stock, but that's surprising to me because you have to feel like this is a do-or-die year for, for this for Dubas and, and this team, like the continued failures in the playoffs, like you think that you, if if it happens again, you have to think they're they're changing something up. I think that's like what it's felt like the last two years is like it, if it happens again, you got to change something. But they just they haven't. They they keep acquiring pieces, and then you think that they got it, and then it just falls apart again. We'll give you Mark Andre and your third round pick back. You give us your first round. We'll take Jack Campbell. We'll get him ready for yeah. the rebuild. Um, and he'll throw him bunting. Why not? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Kids having a good year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, back to the Hots. So for the draft right now, they have one second round pick. They got three thirds, a fourth, two six, and a seven. I think what you know, I think you're looking at probably another third or fourth, possibly probably another a fifth for like, you know, Ryan Carpenter type of player. Um, I think Carpenter gets better than a fifth. He's the kind of guy that really feel like really solidifies a bottom six yeah. on a lot of teams because of how, how he plays. I think he's going to be like a sneaky, like fourth or third. Oh, like, I mean, yeah. we watch him, we watch him so often though. It's, he doesn't always hit the score sheet, but he, you notice him when he's on the ice. Like guys, I, he's, He's amazing, and I hope we could get him back. But oh, yeah, honestly, if we're doing a rebuild, like it would be like no another one-year deal, and then yeah. maybe move him at the deadline again, like help us out again. <laughs> um, I'm still convinced Dahan can get us at least a first, a first-round pick, if not at least a second round, maybe a yeah. second, the third. We mentioned before, just like David Savard is literally the exact same situation, like almost the exact same uh, salary, and then same same age, very defensive player, blocks a lot of shots. Um, I think he could get a, I mean, obviously it would be a late first rounder with salary retained. Yeah. Get a Calumet to Han at like 2.75. I mean, if you throw, you throw a third team in there, like Arizona, eat some of that cap, you get him at like a little over a million. That's not bad. Going to a deep cup run. Kubalik. That's a guy too, that I'm kind of like, I'm a little torn on what value he has because he's had a down year. Yeah. But you also see the potential, like what he could be. Yeah. And the fact that he's an RFA. I think he can get a second for sure. I Yeah, that's like, I saw people saying like a third or a fourth, but I'm like, I'm leaning more towards a second, third. I'm thinking a second, or I mean, I could see a third and a fourth together. Both of them, yeah. Like a multi, like multi-drafts or multi-draft picks. But like a second would be great. Um, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of, yeah, so it's going to be like, I know we're going to be getting a lot of draft picks, I think, for the next, this year, next year, because uh, I think we're going to be taking on some one-year deals for the rest of the year for uh, a yeah. uh, salary cap dump. I think it makes sense if, like, they go back into doing what they 
planned on doing during the rebuild and like taking players like Brett Connolly who have some salary, but aren't really playing up to that. And that way they can get like a prospect or a pick with it. Um, just fill up on prospects. Like, Oh my God, he's got one more year. Brett Connolly. Yeah. So yeah. God. It's not like we're competing next year. No, I know. It's just like so. And if we, if the Hawks are able to like maybe open a spot up for him on the, on the actual squad and maybe next season he gets a few goals, gets a little trade value. He gets moved at the deadline too. He gets 50% retained and somebody gets Burke Conley for 1.75. Or he gets called up and you just murder somebody on the sideboard. And yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. I I did not know that Conley could do that, but (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy. Um, I'm wondering if Dylan Strome gets moved. I honestly think over the past like month that he might just be worth holding on to because I think I, that his yeah. trade his trade value can only go up and he's been playing that, he's but... been he's been playing decently with Kane. Like they like it's pretty easy when all you have to do is just get the puck up and then not lose it. He doesn't he does that okay. And then mm-hmm. him to bring it and Kane is just not bad, man. Like still, I'm still not a Sherm guy, but yeah. knowing that we're in a rebuild now and games really aren't gonna matter at this point. Right. All right. I, why not? Like, why not have them just keep developing? Yeah, like, like you said too. No I mean, the worst case scenario, you hold on to these guys, they they turn it up again, and boom, that's that's trade value. More trade yeah. value there. I don't think he's gonna fall off a cliff. Like like it's been like we've seen that he gets like a now he's getting a little bit more consistency playing with like top guys. Like he hasn't been bad. I mean, the team's been bad at times and he's been a part of that, but like when the team is playing well, like he is also playing well, he's kind of very go with the flow of the team. Um, But yeah, like we'll see what happens. Like there's guys that I think are young that we might be able to move. Like I see Philip Kurashev as being a part of the team, but if a team comes out and like it's like, oh yo, we'll give you a second for Kurashev, then I'd be like, Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, everybody, yeah. I mean, everybody in my mind, unless you're Doc to Brinkett or Hagel, I think everybody you listen to on deals. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that includes Kane, that includes Taves, that I think maybe your young defensemen are the guys you hold on to as well, because you want them to develop. Um, but even I think it as young or as old, I guess like Caleb Jones, you listen to listen to on, like he's only 24. He's still an RFA, but like if somebody wants to get him, it's like, yeah, go ahead. Like we already have Seth Jones. We don't have to like entice him to come to the fucking Hawks anymore. Are you sold on Seth Jones saying? Yeah. I don't see I don't see how they move him. Say, say he gets calls. They get calls okay. about his availability. Is it somebody you're like, yeah, we should, we should move him or no, we need to hold on to him type of player? Mm, I think we hold on to him because it's the same. Well, I think that he's the guy that you build around, a build around on the back end. Um, he's like going to be, he's our top defenseman. It's going to be him, Hagel, uh, Debrinkit, and, and uh, Doc, you know, like, these are the guys that should be here in the next five years when the team should be playing better and competing. It's just, it's harder since he's 27 and the other three guys are 23, 24, 21. How pissed do you think Seth Jones is getting probably sold and coming out here long-term 
and essentially get thrown right back into a Columbus situation. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's probably probably not exactly too happy, but he's going to be making nine point five. He's going to be living in Chicago, so yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to see who else on this team really. I still think Lincoln and you you keep. I don't know. I think Lincoln and you move. Really? Yeah. What yeah. Would you, what, what would you do in the back end then? Um, I think you just sign guys in the offseason. You sign, you get fucking whoever. I don't think Lincoln's a long term kind of guy. Like, wow. he's he's a good he's good at being a backup. I think. I mean, even when he came back from injury recently, like we we haven't even talked about the games, but eight to five against New Jersey, he hasn't had like a, a great season. He only had like a good no. beginning of season last year. That also was his first game back. Let's be fair yeah. there is also not playing as much as he did before. So he's not, uh, you know, hasn't had the same amount of reps he has had the year before. Yeah. but And also the team isn't playing great in front of him. They're not giving him much, much, much help. Yeah, I know. But I, I still don't think he's like the long-term like solution. I think the you're, you're just filling gaps until somebody like Camesso comes up. I was and just like, about to say, able to make make his like make his like name known, but that's like three or three to five years from now, which is the end of the potential rebuild. Like, is yeah, that's, that's what you're hoping line. for. Like, you're you're trying to acquire like possible like real like good goaltenders and Lankinen. I guess you can hold on to like he's probably not going to be super expensive, but I I don't see him being like the guy that leads us into the playoffs like three or four years from now. Mark Andre, one year, three, three, seven, five. Yeah, I mean, next year. Yeah, if you want, or if he wants to like be very valuable trade bait, but I don't know how he comes back when and doesn't make at least seven when he's carrying the team. He's pretty much said though, like it's pretty much that next year is probably going to be his last year. Yeah. So you think he's just going to want to go to just stick around, play his career out? Because he's been known not to like, like I said, he doesn't want to move his family all that's all different places. And I see if he does anything, he's going to say and like sign like league minimum in Pittsburgh. I could see that happening. That'd be kind of cool. I still think, hey, we we are the only team that didn't do you dirty. So I mean, you yeah, just finish but, it out here. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what happens. This, I mean, oh, I just want the trade deadline to happen so we can kind of like. See everything. Also, I hate the fact that like on everybody's like trade bait boards, like they got Hagel up there. God, like, it is no, so like, frustrating. Like he's not off. going anywhere. And if he does, you need to fire Davison right now. He'll be the shortest <laughs> in your GM in Blackhawk history. On to like, the next one. Like I just I don't understand why people are just so convinced he's going to get traded. And I watched. I will save this clip. I will mark it for when he does get traded in in 19 days. But. I don't understand why people think that they would even consider moving him at this point. Like he's a team builder on Derek King was like talking about how this is a guy that your team is built around. Like he's the type of player you have to have. Yeah. You hold on to this type of guy. Like, I just, I don't understand why this keeps this rumor keeps going out. And I hate the fact that it hasn't been like shot down really. Yeah. Like that's, very make me very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. All right. 
Well, I just love too, like Hegel said when he was in the during an interview about that, they asked him, he's like, say something along the lines of like, I don't know, I was drafted for like in the sixth round or I wasn't yeah. drafted or I forgot whatever he was drafted. And he was sixth I'm, round. Yeah. And now I'm being supposedly shot for this. He goes, eh, makes you feel good. <laughs> yeah. It makes, makes you feel pretty good. Uh, getting like hearing that I'm getting a, a first rounder and a prospect. And it's like not pretty bad, not too bad for a six round guy that didn't get signed by the team that drafted him. Yeah. Are you kidding? Uh, I think it's insane that like Buffalo just decided not to give him a contract, even though he ended up, he was playing for the Red Deer Rebels and ended up setting the career high in assists for their team, their franchise team or their what franchise. Duh. What a Buffalo like a, move. Yeah. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. I love the fact, I don't even know what draft he was, but it was it, 2016. 2016. All right. Who was. Yeah. Who else was all right? I'm gonna do a quick check real fast. Yep, Alex Nylander, <laughs> same draft. Yeah. Buffalo was like, "That's our first round pick. That's the guy we're signing." And then <laughs> Hagel has tons more value than him at this point. Oh man, I just saw something on. Uh, it was his Alex Nylander's birthday, and he's only twenty. He's like, yeah, "Here's the 24." And I was like, "Oh shit, he's yeah, still young. really young," but. I'm really glad that we got Lafferty out of that deal. At least he's he he's not bad, man. I can you know see. Guy I can I kinda see, wish I can they see would him. Sign. You wish that he they would sign him. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Um, I can see them moving him at the deadline though too. Like he's playing decent. Like you know when he's out there. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. You just, um. But sticking yeah. so so sticking with like this whole Kyle Davis and conversation and all that so. We kind of mentioned a little bit earlier about Kane and Taves just kind of coming up to them. Uh, Taves spoke with the media today and pretty much just hit home that he loves Chicago. Chicago's his home. Uh, he wants to be here. Taves said that or Kane said that? Did I say Taves or Kane? I meant to say I was okay, so I meant Kane. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I said Kane. But yeah, but he was just saying it's, it's, Chicago's been good to his family. The organization has been good to him and his family and all this and that he wants to be here. But he goes at the end of the day, he knows that it's a business and it's extremely rare to play for one franchise uh, your entire career. He goes, he would love to do that because it'd be an absolute honor to do that. And yeah, I mean, I, it's so hard to picture him in another, on another team. Yeah. Even that amazing edit I sent you, uh, sent you guys. <laughs> That was the greatest thing ever. Like I said, I found this picture of Kane in a Buffalo Sabres jersey. Like perfect. It was an awesome edit. And I sent it to our group chat. And instantly was Tanner was like, is this really how I'm starting my day? I got to fuck you, Jerem. Like, like, this is not how I wanted to wake up. (laughs) It was just awesome. Like all just instant negative reaction yelling at me. But it was like, he did look pretty good in a Buffalo jersey. I will say that. Not saying I want to see it. He did. He could pull it off. It's just there's no way that that team ends up playing better in the end by the end of his career than the Hawks do. So like, I don't think that ever happens. Blackhawks will um, come back and win a Stanley cup before Buffalo season, another winning season. Yeah. I think like I want Kane to play in Chicago for the rest of his career. Cause I would love to see him be the franchise leader in points um, and just like break records. And that'd be amazing. Become like, obviously the greatest of all time for American born players while still wearing a Hawks jersey. Yeah. I mean, here it is though, but yeah, but like, have it be like 
like leader in points for like of everybody American. Yeah. That would be great. Um, but also, like you said, like it is a business and the return that the Hawks could get on him to kind of accelerate the rebuild would be insane. <laughs> and yeah, like it's hard. Um, I don't want to see him go, but like, obviously, like if you're saying rebuild and you have Patrick Kane and I don't know, man, like you go, Hey, what would you give me for Patrick Kane? And they go, here's an entire farm. And you go, okay, great. I think we can build off of that. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I would but hate people, to see him go. When the rumors earlier in the year came out that the Rangers were interested in him, people were saying that he wasn't worth anything that was being proposed. Yeah, but because people don't know shit. Um, oh, my God, dude. Kaner in a Rangers uniform with Panarin would be sick. <laughs> That would be so fucking good. But, like, that's one of those things where, like, you can get prospects and picks and maybe a goalie for the near future, and, like, that kind of helps the rebuild a little bit quickly. Um, here's, yeah, here's – so this is do you, what do, – Do you do that? Like, it, you know what would also be really crazy? If, if King gets moved before the, the trade deadline, there is a planned night – like Star Wars night or something like that with a Patrick Kane giveaway. <laughs> if they still did a Patrick Kane like t-shirt giveaway for Star Wars night or whatever, and it would be he's not even on the team anymore. If that happens, then Davidson is Bowman 2.0. That is a Bowman move right there. I mean, he isn't the one that came out with the promotion. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so here, and then here's my thing, my argument against why you need to just hold Kane. If Kane wants to stay, why you just hold him with this is because you don't know what these draft picks and prospects are going to turn out to be. You know what Kane's going to be. You know what yeah. you have in Kane. You know what he can bring to our already what we have in our system and mentoring and you know bringing up and being around the guys. Like Kane's the kind of guy that you want your young players to be around and to learn from. Yeah, I rather like it's it goes back to what we were talking about with the Hagel trade. Like, oh, you can have Hagel or you can have the mystery bots where you might get a Hagel. It's like, yeah, it's like you can have Kane or you can have this, you know, mystery bots of potential prospects that could turn out to be good. And it's like, well, you know what? I'd rather keep Kane and let him mentor and and try to help develop these players into the right kind of player, like what they need to be to be successful in this league. Yeah, that makes any sense. here's the thing, though. Ten years down the line, I don't really know if Kane is going to be here. Whereas I'm if you shocked. trade Kane, then you more than likely have, like, the picks and prospects or something from that, like, a tr- like from, like, a trade tree that where you start with Kane, like a Kane trade, you have whatever picks and prospects we get and however we move them around or do whatever we do with them is going to be a lot more productive for the team eight to 10 years from now than just keeping Kaner for the rest of his career. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. But so like short term, absolutely. Kane, I love him. I want him to stay. Um, but long term, it's like, you should move him. <laughs> his value is, almost... is, is only going to be declining possibly and maybe very little at the, in the short term, but like three or after his, contracts up like maybe it just keeps going down you never know the team's not going to be playing like super great 
I don't know if he's going to be staying up above a point per game. I would love that, but especially five years down the line and we're, we're doing much better and competing and he's still here being a leader. Like that'd be really cool. <laughs> so you're almost necessarily have to say, if you're going to trade Kane, you should probably do it by the deadline or before next season. Yeah. Like this is probably the window to move him. Maybe, maybe next deadline. It might be like, Hoop fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at big payday. Uh, everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and older. Um, location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state specification responsibilities. Gambling resources void where prohibited. Win, minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. If he's still if he's still on the Hawks past next year's trade deadline, I think he's a life hawk. Can you imagine the trade value he has though at 50% retained for the rest of this season and on whole another season? Why would you retain 50% to move Kane? Because you can get a fuck ton of shit. Because if you have Kane on your team at only 5.25 then Dude, they, they better be so like, many so many things around him and we only have to deal with 5.25 for an extra year like that's not that's not the worst thing in the world it's not the worst thing in the world but i also don't think it's realistic i don't think there is a trade that we're not feeling completely fucked on like i feel like if you are offering up a cane right now who yeah he's having a down year but is still it's not even having a down year. Right, yeah, but it's like a Kane who is still at the top of his game at half of his salary for a year, like a season and, you know, a quarter, whatever is left. Mm-hmm. Dude, there is just like, I don't even, I, I, I can't even fathom like what that try to return would be. Uh, like that's uh, obnoxious. That's like obnoxious. That is like. At, at least a first. <laughs> dude, you're talking two firsts. Two first, a plus a top, one of your top three prospects, like in your friend in your system, maybe yeah. two of your top prospects. Yeah, like that's that's a speedy rebuild. I'll tell you what, that's like if you're going okay. If we're sticking with the Rangers, that's like Lafaniere and Capo Caco. Yeah, but I don't think it, I don't think they'd want to give that up. I mean, I would love it, but they they're just out of a rebuild currently, so I don't know if they want to be like okay. Let's get rid of this. <laughs> oh, man, what... dude, I you gotta be excited for the return, like. But it's also just like I just I don't even think like it's like okay, what's the value of that return? The number doesn't exist. 
Like there is <laughs> no, it doesn't exist. Yeah. It just, it doesn't Shout exist. Out mean girls, what up? <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just doesn't. I just, I don't even know if the value exists. Is this there? It's like a close to, I honestly, in my own head, it's like a close to Lids or Lindros, like, <laughs> like a deal where you get like six players in picks and money. And it's like, but like that's just talking. because, like, I I hold Kaner in such a high regard. Of, as but I think player. you do. You're supposed to. Like, you have to. Yeah, I mean, he's been one of the top five players for over a decade. So. It's not like he. It's not like he's Taves, where his production has just gone to fucking shit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's typically always out there. He's really only injured maybe five games at the most in a season, besides like the one year when, um, we ended up winning the cup because he was on injured reserve and we were yeah. over the cap. <laughs> no big deal. Up Vegas, Tampa. Um, yeah, right. But yeah. Oh man, that's I. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like I'm just. You're daydreaming about the kind. No, of like I'm just. Return. I totally like. I I was had something else, but now I'm just like completely like lost now. What I was gonna say because like that's just. I can't fathom that. Oh no, that's like. That's what I was saying. It's like you're looking at almost like an offer sheet, like a max contract offer sheet type mm-hmm. of return. Yeah, four four firsts plus players. Yeah. If you, if, yeah, well, you're okay. gonna have non-Hots fans listening to this, being like, "You guys are fucking morons." Yeah, absolutely. It just, just let's like hear. That would never, let's hear I mean, what you would trade. What your team would give up to have Patrick Kane? And I guarantee you right now, fifty percent retained. I guarantee right now. You're bullshitting. Doesn't no. Oh, what are you gonna offer? Nope, decline. No, not it's enough. crazy because like did but like people always have like less value towards players than GMs do. Because they always because they're not fans of these players most of the time, and they're just like, Oh, I wouldn't give up that much for that guy. But it's like GMs know like how much a guy is actually worth because they're just like they fucking hear about it. It's their job. <laughs> oh, Patrick Kane sucks because he's on TV all the time. Uh. Yeah, he's yeah, a top American player in hockey history. He deserves to be on TV all the time. The Blackhawks were the best team in the NHL for, what was that, eight years span? Yeah, they deserve to be on TV all the time. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, sorry, the league doesn't know, sorry the league doesn't know how to market McDavid or any of those other guys. Sorry. All right. You want it? Uh, Trade McDavid to a team that's going to be on TV. Yeah, Boom. I'm at the Oilers. McDavid for Kane straight up. I'll call it a day. No, trade him to LA. Do another do another King's Ransom. Oh my God. <laughs> History repeats itself. That would be amazing. That would be so funny. Um, yeah. Um, did you want to cool. talk about the games at all? Yeah, we'll get there real, real quick. But since we're kind of talking about like the future of the franchise real quick, um, They've been on this like tour of, you know, commentators and guy and play by play and all that kind of stuff throughout the season. It's been a fucking disaster. And yes. there was one thing that everybody was kind of hoping for that uh Weidman was going to take over for Foley. Guess well, <laughs> good news. He's not and he's actually going to call less games on the radio next next season. So just what everybody wants. What is like uh what are they doing? Like, what is like? They're really trying to change everything. But I don't know. All right. I can't watch another. I, I can't watch games of that Colby guy. I can't do it. 
he hasn't been like calling games really. He's been doing like intermission reports and stuff, which has been much better than I hear his voice every time. But it's just when he when he's part of like the color or whatever, he is just just talking about himself and how like the player he used to be and how he's not wasn't good at hockey or he's not good at hockey anymore. Blah blah blah. It's like dude, I can go do that. Up. That'd be great. That'd I just I don't know what they're gonna do there. Um. Real quick, too. Uh, well, I guess we get to, we'll talk about that in a second. Okay, let's talk about the games. Yeah, dude. Talk about the games. Yeah, I don't even have them pulled up because I completely oh, got hot. There was only two played. games from, since the last time we uh, chatted. Um, there was the Lincoln's first game back off of IR, which I mentioned briefly, but the 8-5 game against the Devils, where double Hattie night in the UC. What up? got Brandon Hagel and Patty Kane, um, which is really funny because I think it, the, I went to the game where Kaner got the hat trick earlier in the year against Ottawa and, and Hagel had two goals that game too. And I think he just missed on a Hattie. And so it was good. It was pretty funny to see that this time he, he got to finish his hat trick as long alongside Kane as well. (laughs) And the cool stat about that is it's the last time that the Blackhawks had two hat tricks in one night was March 9th. 2003 and it was 2002 all-star MVP Eric Daze and Steve Sullivan who still has probably one of the greatest fan interaction videos in hockey history um Kirby Doc also scored a pretty nasty goal this game yeah he was pretty good looked off a two-on-one looked off the pass and just forehand backhand see you later Gillies I honestly didn't watch. Like, I saw him with the puck on a two-on-one, and I turned away because I'm like, "Oh, he's just gonna pass and fuck it up." So I, I don't. I'm glad that he's getting. He's showing more confidence in in taking shots, which is good. Um, and then the the other game that the Hawks had was a pretty brutal game against the Blues, and it's just so frustrating because Bennington's having not a great season, and he's got two shutouts this year, and they're both against the fucking Hawks, man. Oh. Real quick, back to the other game though. I know yeah. we, we talked about before we started recording that we weren't going to talk about PK Slubon. Uh, oh yeah. But how about Hagel scoring the hat trick goal and then immediately fighting PK? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or attempting to fight. Attempting uh, to fight him. Yeah. And then just like skates off and throws the hands up. Hands up. <sighs> yeah. God. You want to trade him, him, you fuckers? No. He <laughs> he he scores. He fights. He hits. He's great. Everything a hockey player should be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, yeah, that game on Sunday was not good at all. Yeah, it was, it was upsetting. Um, I just hate losing to St. Louis so much. But uh, coming up, hey, big night when this podcast gets released. Oilers are in town. It's uh, Duncan Keith's first game back in Chicago. It's really insulting pretty, pretty that neat. you you put that first because I feel like it but is... I it, you saved the best for last. Okay, that's fair. Um, okay, proceed. So <laughs> it's also going to be Nicholas Yalmerson. Um, is it just like is he doing like the one last shift thing or is it just no? It's like that, night? it's a legacy night. So kind of legacy you, night. Uh, you saw like uh, Andrew Shaw. So they'll probably do like um, just like honor him on the ice and all that kind of stuff. They had like a huge yeah. like mural or like 65 or i can't remember exactly what they did but they had like all this cool like presentation for him i really i, I want to see it so bad so i hope it's 
because I just get to watch Hawks games on ESPN Plus now, and I hope they really start the broadcast early enough that I can catch it. But I don't know if I'll be able to. Hopefully, I'll be, they'll post it on. I'm sure they'll have it on like the Hawks website or Instagram or anything. Yes, yeah, super. Um, but they super they also released like a, a the CBH shop released a, a Yalmerson shirt, which is pretty sick. So I can't wait till that comes in the mail. I got one of those bad boys. I uh, I wish they did it the way we do it though with the HJ. A M M E R instead of just hammer. <laughs> it doesn't say hammer. I thought it said Yalmerson on it. No, it says hammer. Unless oh, I unless they changed it, like they dropped a little wrong graphic. I thought it said hammer. Um, I thought it just said Yalmerson. Oh, oh it does say hammer. hammer. Oh, you're right. Yeah, should have said like Swedish missile defense system. <laughs> um, that's one of my favorite. <laughs> but this is <laughs> this is like one of those guys that absolutely deserves this night and i'm so happy that they're honoring him like i hate the way that he left the organization um i wish he could have finished his entire career in chicago man he's he was just the backbone of the back end like the most dependable defenseman i've ever seen the greatest defensive defenseman i've ever seen and And it's insane that we were so lucky to have and him here's on the, the team And for here's so the long. thing with him. When uh, Siebes had to retire or whatever, people were saying, like, oh, you know, he's a great defenseman, but he's going to get overshadowed because of, you know, Duncan Keith and all what Duncan Keith's done and all that. Yeah, that sucks for Siebes. But what really sucks is Jomerson is going to get over, is just completely overshadowed by Siebes and Keith. Like, yeah. and he's does not get the recognition that he deserves for what he did. Like you said, best yeah. defensive defenseman. In NHL history, like I think, like he he will go down as the greatest defensive defenseman, and yeah. he never really got the limelight in Chicago because of having these superstars like Keith Kane, Taves, like even Sharpie, uh, like Seabrook had Seabrook is probably the one of the greatest like two way kind of defensemen because he had some of the most clutch goals, yeah. he had some of the most amazing just stretch passes to players, like it's so key and intense and and great leadership on the team as well that's why he wore the a for a long time which is funny too you'll bring up sieves right there is one of sieves best moments was scoring game seven against detroit in overtime and it was taken away from jalmerson like jalmerson had that goal and it Mm -hmm. was taken back (laughs) so it's like look at even even he's getting overshadowed in like jalmerson's big moment right there to like to have his moment to be the be the hero yeah, taken back and goes to Seabs. <laughs> like, like that was, right there is just the story right there. It was I just watching Yalmerson, um in any game. Like puck goes into the corner and you know he's coming out with it. There's like a weird. I remember seeing like a little highlight uh, package where like he was stronger on the puck with one hand than most guys with two hands for some reason. Like he would just like go in there and be like pop, it's out, pop, it's out, pop, it's out, and like right in front of the net. Then he's just blocking every shot possible. It was just ooh. Great defensive player. And, yeah. Oh my God. He's just so cool. I am so excited to be there for that game tomorrow and to see all that live and just to experience that in person. Um, I hope that they should, that they have like okay footage and they show it in like whatever tribute package of his first NHL role ever because <laughs> it is sick. It's a fucking give and go to Marty Havlat through the neutral zone. He crosses the blue line like like one on two and just tees up a fucking clapper that goes bar down against Detroit. And it's so goddamn nasty. (laughs) And I hope that they show it 
Like it's just like it's like such a hard video to find. Um, but it's so good. It's my it's like one of the best videos. Do you think they clued in the package that they did when he came back for the first time that he cried he'd get off the ice? Um, where he's singing uh, Rise Against. Do the, does that get put into the package again? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. That'd be, that'd be pretty funny. It's, yeah, I mean, God, I wish I could be there for that. Like, that was the that was the game that I had circled, like, right away when the schedule came out. Oh, as soon as they announced it, we've been talking about this game since they announced mm-hmm. it. And then it was, like, just a bonus that it's Keith's first game back. Yeah, it's crazy. And I hope it's- fucking King dummies him. Makes him look <laughs> stupid out there. Yeah, I hope he just doesn't fall into the boards and break yeah. hip again. <laughs> I love him. It's pretty funny that the um, the Oilers put out a video today yeah. of Keith returning to the United Center for like whatever like practice skate that they had, and all the players like had their sticks up and like an like crossing as he like, goes goes yeah. through the tunnel. It was pretty funny. I I really enjoyed that one. And they had like we... DK taped up on the wall and number two taped on the wall. And then they made like a little runway, like to his like stall with like <laughs> Red Bulls and Gatorades. <laughs> I just, I wonder, like, I know it's a weird feeling. Like, I just, I can't imagine how weird and like uncomfortable that feels like going back into that stadium yeah. on the visitor side. Yeah. Like that's just gotta be like the most awkward feeling that not they're even, almost like, like 18 yeah, like years, you spent your entire career. Yeah, your entire, your almost your entire adult life. Like he's going to the visiting locker room for like the first time ever. Just being like, God, what the fuck is this place? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, also, what's big about tomorrow's game is that you're potentially going to see the return of Jonathan Taves and Tyler Johnson. Um, Johnson or one, was, one or the other. One or the other. Um, Taves was removed from concussion protocol. Um, and has been looking good. Uh, Coach King said it's basically how he's feeling. Um, Tyler Johnson's been cleared to play for a little while now. It's just more of the same, just kind of getting conditioning back in yeah. and getting in shape. Uh, Derek King said that it is the game plan right now for both of them to get in the lineup, but it will ultimately depend on how they're feeling. Um, yeah. It'll be great to see those guys back in. Um, nice to yeah. remember that Tyler Johnson is on this team. I completely forget about him all the time, but... Yeah, see where he fits in the lineup. See who comes out. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the last thing I had for Hot Stock um, was the article you sent. Oh, I was going to say real quick, uh, Chara surpassed oh. Chelios for most games played by a defenseman, which is pretty cool. Um, but yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, then there was a a Chicago Sun Times article written by Ben Pope that was about uh, Alex Vlasic and how he's developing at uh, Boston University. And God, man, I, I, like we we mentioned before, like we kind of forgot that he was one of the guys that we have. He's a big fucking kid. He's six six, and he's getting in the article. It, it just talks about how he's getting more uh, used to and kind of filling out a little bit more like he's sitting at about 212 currently um and like i said he's 66 and he's just been manhandling college players um it even goes into say that he, he he realized what he's capable of by being kicked out of a game against like asu or something when he went into the corner and didn't mean to like hit this kid super hard and then but he ended up like really fucking somebody up and he's like oh yeah, I guess I can do that. <laughs> he's gotten like 
and he's apparently just gotten more used to just like he had been always focused on like his skating and stick skills and now he's getting more used to like being like oh yeah i am a pretty big fucking guy and he's able to just move people wherever and whenever he wants and it's like yeah man we could really use somebody that's just a massive guy that can sit in front of the net get guys out of there also go into the corners and come out with the puck lay the body fucking oh man i'm very excited to see <laughs> what this kid can do and yeah it's we're gonna be good if the hawks you know do an anti-bowman and hold on to their defensive prospects instead of getting rid of them so let them develop um right yeah that's what i'm saying like we picked him up in the second round uh I forgot what year was it 2018 2019 i think so and he got he gets drafted and just kind of gets forgotten about and that's probably the best case scenario um, 2019 yeah, let the kid develop, let him, you know, find his game and all that, which sounds like he is. So, um, yeah, he, again, is another guy that's going to be primed for, you know, being a huge part of this team going forward. And yeah. it's just kind of like what we he said. be a big piece of the rebuild. Yeah, and it's just kind of like goes to show, like, hopefully the Hawks are doing the anti-Bowman now where they can hold on to the defensive prospects Ooh. because it's just proof that I forwards, I think, develop faster. You got to look on your face. I'm just thinking about like two to four years down the line. And he, if he's able to make an impact in the NHL, a fucking defensive pairing of him and Seth Jones. Oh, <laughs> you get, you get classic playing the defensive role, like very defensive role in front of the net. Like I said, he's six, six, Seth Jones is six, five. That's a big fucking pairing. <laughs> and then just like big boys. Oh, that's a, uh, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> so uh man. but i'm getting all hyped up on like prospects all the time i know i want to get like nhl you know <laughs> nhl 20 or 22 mode and just like sim the next like three years and just like let's go yeah. <laughs> let's see what see how they go yeah all uh, right um anything else for hawk talk no that's it all right so we'll go through nhl talk really quick um just because you know it's kind of what everybody expects of what's going on in the hockey world right now with the everything going on over uh, in Ukraine with Russia. Um, it's a lot of, lot of shit going on and it's kind of like, I mean, oh, fuck, I've been trying to figure out how I want to like talk, address this and talk about it. But it, I kind of mentioned it earlier where it's the fallout from it. You're seeing a lot of decisions being made that you kind of wonder if it's the right move. If it's too much, if it's not enough, um, so, for example, you have uh, CCM refusing to use Ovechkin or any other Russian athletes for marketing. Um, yeah, the NHL, global, global marketing. Global marketing. NHL has um, taken Russian Russia out of any consideration for future games. They've suspended their digital, the Russian digital media site uh, for the NHL. Um, the IIHF has banned Russia and Belarus from international play and has pulled out the world juniors from next season out of Russia. Um, CHL. Are they not, they're not going to be a part of world juniors like this summer, aren't they? Right. It's like they're banned. I don't know if they said just this year, but they're right now the it's they're, they're banned from international play at like all levels. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, CHL uh, is uh, not drafting any Russian born uh, players uh, or Belarus players. Um, you got players like Dominic, former players like Dominic Hashik calling out that to go the true extreme of about suspending Russian contracts. 
um, not allowing them oh. to play in the NHL, which is that's absolutely ridiculous. I I get what he's saying, but it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, that's not going to happen either. Yeah, that's good. That's literally lawsuit waiting to happen if that was even mentioned by anybody else. You have one agent saying that he's called NHL teams with Russian players for more security because his play, uh, players that he represents have been threatened. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's getting ridiculous. It's getting crazy. And teams pulling out of the KHL. Yeah. Teams pull out of KHL. Um, players. NHL or like non Russian players that are on KHL teams, like leaving those teams or bailing. Yeah. yeah. Which smart thing to do. I mean, you know, what's going on over there? It's just, scary scary times weird times and it's it kind of like again it, it goes on the border of like what's right what's wrong you know with all these actions it's like when you think about it it's you're punishing a lot of people that don't deserve to be punished right but at the same time it's you're hoping by doing this you're causing this these people to like you know start an uprising and you know and try to like go against their government which i don't know if putin's the guy you want to go against like, yeah, and then I, we're we're no longer talking hockey at this point. Yeah, <laughs> if we're gonna go that. No, yeah, I, I'm just saying though. It's oh like yeah, no, no, asking, no, I know, yeah, I know. What you're asking for these players and all that. Oh yeah, and EA Sports pulling all Russian teams out of mm-hmm. all their games. Like, it sucks. Yeah. I feel for all these people. Um, when EA is coming to take a stance, you know you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it only took them how long to to how long to take care of. Uh, like ESHL with all the, the races. I don't even know stuff. if they have done that. I just don't play online anymore. <laughs> I just remember them putting like last year, they had yeah. like a thing you had to hit eight, like go through it every, every, time. every yeah. single time, like through the menu. Yeah. I don't know if they might still have that or not. Yeah. But like, it's just, it's insane. And it's going to be very, super, very interesting to see what happens down the line with Russian hockey. And, and if this is going to change, kind of go back to the days before Russia's Russian players. I was going to say, yeah, it's gonna be like like in the '90s when you, you don't really want to draft Russian players too high because you don't know if they're gonna actually come over to the NHL. It's gonna be pretty weird. And you get somebody like Sergey Fedorov, like Detroit ends up picking up in like the fifth or sixth round, and you're like, God fucking damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and then even so, even Gratsky was saying talking about the World Juniors that these Russian players sh- they shouldn't be allowed to play. This team shouldn't be allowed to play, and all this kind of stuff to make a point and all that. And now my great, my favorite conspiracy theory now is that Gretzky was just putting that out there. He's kind of incepting, inceptioning the idea of Russians not being allowed to play to try to get into Gary Bettman to put Ovechkin on the shelf to save his record. <laughs> That's my new favorite conspiracy he's gonna theory. Have an, he's going to have an asterisk next to his name just because it's going to be Alex Ovechkin, like goal record, asterisk, Russian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it but. shouldn't be allowed. All right. Yeah, weird. I I hope I hope still is able to break it. I really do. Um, and it was just really awkward watching his. They were, he had a media session about it, talking about everything going on there, and it was just really uncomfortable watching him because he's his Very family's close. over there. His entire family's over there. He's close with Putin, and like he said, Putin's my president, and all this kind of stuff. And it was just one of those non-win situations with Ovechkin where it's like no matter what he was going to say, it wasn't going to be good enough or wasn't going to be yeah. enough and all that kind of stuff. There's but, tons of articles about his past with Putin and like things that he's come out to say and like people saying that like whatever he's doing is just to save face and not really enough. Like he could he could cause a lot of change if he really decided to stand up and like denounce Putin and do this stuff. But it's like 
I don't know, man. Like, how do you get put in that situation? But also, I don't feel bad for him. Like, he's been so supportive and he's he's gained from it. So he's probably seen though, like he's probably seen Panarin's situation. Panarin is very outspoken, and I don't think Panarin's welcome back in Russia because of it. Like Panarin's love in New York. Yeah, like, but like Rush, like Panarin was very outspoken against the Russian government and Putin and all that kind of stuff. And now it's like he was threatened. Yeah, he had to stop playing for like 10 games. Yeah, because they were trying to frame him to get him back into Russia. So like all that kind of like it was insane. So it's like wild. It's a different world over. It's like it's a different world. Like people are like, oh, no, that's not really how it is. No, no. I mean, that's that's how it is over there. That's yeah, it's a different world. It's a different situation. And it's scary. And I really hope that. I really hope this gets finds a way to a peaceful resolution. I don't think it's going to happen. I think this is going to get worse before it gets better but hopefully hockey yeah positive in the end yeah something and we'll see but yeah i i know we don't like to get political and all that kind of stuff on here but that just was one of those things that you cannot not talk about so but all right i don't know if you got really got anything else nhl talk um uh yeah honestly i don't even know if there's anything else that happened (laughs) because of all this shit yeah but i mean yeah the main thing you got 19 days until the trade deadline um turn the heat up we'll see what's going on um so yeah let's just wrap this up then um there hasn't been like any trades or anything yeah nothing no, that I did the most I've seen about it was like people talking. I don't know if it was John Scott or, or if it was like Biz or something talking about like this. Has there ever been a trade deadline with this many players that can make a such a huge impact on a team being traded to? Like, has there ever been this many players available at once before? Because mm. you got know. like Pavelski, uh, Giroux, um, I'm drawing a blank on everybody else, but like I only named two, but like there's a lot of players out there that can make a difference. And it's just a huge, yeah, huge, I mean, huge deadline. I think some player, like some players are dependent on whether or not they're getting extensions. Like I, it, what was it? The Pat Verbeek came out and said that in Anaheim, if he doesn't have an extension in place by the trade deadline for like Hampus Lindholm, Josh Manson and like Ricard Raquel, he's like, those guys are getting fucking dealt. He goes, I am not giving away these players for nothing. So if they, they either have an extension in place or if they don't, they're getting moved. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. You don't want to just like not sign, not have somebody you would rather keep. And hopefully they sign in the off season. It's like, yeah, be smart, like get what you can for them. So you'll see stuff like that. Like, I think, what was it? Klingberg. He's. I don't think he has an extension in place and like uh, Dallas might move him, yeah. but Dallas is possibly in a playoff spot, but I don't see Dallas doing anything crazy. I even think if they're in a playoff spot, they're going to move him because yeah. they're not going to be able to afford to resign him. So you might as well get something for him. Yeah. Jake DeBrusque still has come out and said that his trade demand or request is still valid. Yeah. I'm looking so. at the TSN's like trade board as a today. You got Chickering. Uh, Giroux, Ben Sherratt, Klingberg, Giordano, DeBrusque, uh, Justin Braun, um, Georgiev, uh, Colin oh, Miller, yeah. uh, Raquel, Matt Stomi, Phil Kessel, Brandon Hazel. I'm, I'm curious to see where Kessel goes. I wish we were in a winning position because it'd be awesome yeah. just to pick him up this year, just so we can get the Kessel jersey and just call it a day. Yeah. 
God, that would be awesome. Maybe next year. And this is why I don't believe one year deal. Yeah, this is why I don't believe this bullshit like TSN stuff because they have Hegel at the is the thirteenth most valuable player like on the trade board. Then they also have Mm -hmm. Toronto's first rounder, which has been said is not available. Yeah. Whatever. So, all right. So they'll wrap this up here. Episode 30. Uh, I'm sorry. Wow. Episode 30. No, episode 170. Where the fuck do you even get 30? Because I was just looking at 30. The 30th most valuable thing on the trade board is Buffalo's cap space. 31 is Arizona's cap space. Oh, gotcha. All right. Um, so, yeah, episode 170. Tanner, what do you want to call it? Uh, it's... Hammer. Huh? Got to be something for Hammer. That's what I was thinking. I okay. was going to say, it's like, it's, uh, welcome back, Hammer. Like, that's all you have to do. Okay. But with, the, with the J, you got to yeah. put the J in there. Correct way of doing it. Yeah. All right. So, episode 170, welcome back, Hammer. Um, make sure to follow us on all social media at WCB Podcast. Uh, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, YouTube. Give us the, f- the reviews, five star. Yeah, I'm all over the place today. Um, yeah, 30. 30. Uh, TSN. Jesus Christ. I give up. This, TSN. This, yeah, this, all right. See you later. I'm done. All right. We'll see you on the next one. All right. Love you, boys. Bye. The Windy City Benders Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and YouTube. And follow the boys on socials at WCB Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>